Hello everyone, welcome to episode 803 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. This year we're chatting with the performers of the Cold Waves 8 Festival running Thursday, September 19th through Sunday the 22nd at Metro and Smart Bar in Chicago. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for suicide prevention charities. This year's performers include Pop Will Eat Itself, Nitzer Ebb, Test Department, Filter, Chem Lab, How Job, Severed Heads, Pig, and many, many more. Head to coldwaves.net for the full lineup and ticket links. This week we're chatting with Saturday Metro openers Luis and Joel. This is Twin Tribes. Navarro. I play 
guitar and I sing and play a little synth and drum machine and yeah I'm uh, Joel Nino Jr. I uh, play bass I do play a little bit of synth and I, I sing backups uh, to Luis. Just start me off with the history of the band because it seems like you guys haven't been around too long. Yeah no we actually started I believe like when we gave the band the name this was probably like July 2017. We just started I've always been a fan of Darkwave. Uh, never really um, participated in any bands before. I came up with a demo of two songs, and it was just me at the time. I didn't have anybody to, to play with. I know Joel since uh, years ago because we used to play in a, a band, um, or an, an indie band, like a long time ago. I just reached out to him to see what he thought about the music and he really liked it, and I knew that I didn't want to do this by myself, and I couldn't. So I asked him if he wanted to jump on board, and uh, that's when basically we uh, started coming up with songs um, for a, originally a, an EP. And then by the time we knew it, we had enough songs to just do an album, and we just decided to go with that. Uh, yeah, that's how Twin Tribes was born. It seems like things are going really well for you guys, considering, you know, you haven't had that much time to, you know, put something out and play a lot of shows. Because, I mean, you, you guys are already playing Colder's Festival. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, <laughs> back when we were recording in the middle of nowhere of South Texas, we just wanted to do this for us. Our idea was, hey, let's just come up with an EP and let's just put it to tape. And then before we released the album, we already had a label talk about um, releasing it on vinyl. Then we had another label releasing it on CD, us on tape. And then now there's a second pressing. And it's like so crazy how we had no idea and no plans really about all of this besides all of the show offers. It's still surreal <laughs> to us. Yeah, it's just been like one continuous like snowball it's 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 crazy like we would talk about like oh man like wouldn't it be cool like one day to play like cold waves or you know to play part-time punks and you know like we're like yeah dude that'd be great like just like some kind of far off dream and and uh just slowly like all of these things have been kind of happening yeah it's not that slowly though i mean as slow as it can be i mean it, it you're right like it's kind of like we me and Luis were we const not constantly but every so often we're like dude like we we talked to them we're just like what the fuck is happening <laughs> like what's going on right now so like we it's it's just a surprise you know really and just uh it's great that the music has been accepted and and liked you mentioned you know the record labels reaching out to you there, there's dead wax from spain and uh, young and cold records from germany how, how those guys find you so quickly as soon as we put out our first single, which was Shadows, right before we released the entire album, we had already posted a couple of videos of us in the studio and people were like really into it, really into the clips and the teasers and all of that. So once we released the single, we kind of like started campaigning for ourselves through Instagram and just using social media to try to get the music as much out there as possible. And I guess we bumped into a person that knows david and nico from dead wax records so uh he reached out to us and said hey i think that you guys would really uh, be interested in dead wax so he got us in contact with them they asked if 
they could listen to the album and at this time well, it hadn't been released yet so we did and about uh, a few weeks later they gave us the offer uh, they sent us the offer uh, for pressing shadows on vinyl and as soon as that happened like immediately manic depression reached out to us and they said hey heard about you guys with dead wax records would you guys be interested in a cd with manic depression and we were like uh yeah <laughs> and, and um the vinyl just went by so quick it's just sad that the first pressing um we only had very limited copies to um so in texas well actually in the u.s it just went yeah. by so fast they were gone um, with yeah like when we were on tour we just sold out probably like two or three days into our first west coast tour months after that young and cold reached out to us about a second pressing so that has just like we're barely receiving the finals and people have already received them they're posting pictures that they just were shipped and um we're really excited about that and also um about the new record and working with young and cold again as well i wanted to talk about brownsville for a little bit because you know i saw that location in in your bio and i i was like i don't really know that is that near austin and i I looked it up and, you know, Brownsville is, it looks like the, the southernmost point in the mainland. I wanted to hear about that, especially in light of, you know, the current administration and, and all the things that have been going on with being a border town and the detention centers and stuff like that. Brownsville is like the southernmost uh, tip of Texas. We are uh, a border town. Next door is Matamoros, Tamaulipas, which is Mexico, which is my hometown originally. I'm from Mexico. And it's funny because we call ourselves from Brownsville, but none of us were originally from Brownsville. Like, I live in Brownsville now. Joe lives about, like, 15 minutes away from here in another yeah. city called Los Fresnos. It's a relatively small town. Uh, there's really no scene for our music here. Uh, there's people that enjoy it, of course, but we're more likely used to driving four hours north to go to San Antonio to where, like, we call it home, right? Like, we base ourselves from San Antonio to the population that's here is probably, like, more than 90% Hispanic. Everybody speaks Spanish. Yeah, I mean, in regards to just, like, the, the whole administration thing, it's just been, like, tough. Just uh, not only for us, just because, you know, eventually we do want to venture out, you know, play some international shows. It's just so tough to do that and and we've seen bands that have tried to come over here to us and play some shows and it's been pretty horrible like i think lebanon just had to cancel some of their shows because of the visa issues so it's the same thing for us going out internationally so that's kind of complicated our situation as well like i i see i see like a bunch of bands trying to play the u.s and uh from europe and like see visas uh not being able to get issued and stuff so it's kind of like the same thing for us because I'm originally from Mexico. I'm not a U.S. citizen and I'm living here under the DACA program. So there's no way that I can leave the country. And it sucks because we have uh, received several offers for Europe and and we still have like goals of playing WTG and like other other like really cool festivals outside of the U.S. But at the moment, we're only able to play U.S. So that's that's. Uh, the tough situation for us but either way it was a it's it's a it's a small town it's a cool place to grow up i, I guess
you mentioned earlier doing a, a part-time punk session. That was the one with bootblacks and actors? And crew lights, yeah. That's a really cool lineup for, for one night. Tell me more about that show and, and playing with them. Oh, man, that was, that was amazing. That was our first time playing part-time punks. Um, we originally tried to play part-time punks last summer. Uh, we did uh, play L.A., but unfortunately there, there was no part-time punks shows um, last summer when we were in L.A. So what we did first is we hit the studio, uh, thanks to Michael Stock, and we recorded a part-time punk session. And that's the one that we put out on tape along with the regular album. And those tapes are already sold out. And then um, we reached out to Michael. He's the one that set this uh, lineup up, which we loved. And it was really cool meeting all the bands because we have we already knew each other from from social media and because like I, I, I love all these bands and then meeting them was great. We were basically fangirling and <laughs> as shows keep on being announced, like we just keep on seeing the same bands over and over and it's it's just great that we're gonna keep on bumping into each other for the rest of the year basically. Yeah, we're playing a couple of festivals, and uh, we're going to be seeing Boot Blacks and actors. I don't know if Crew Lies is playing the Tampa one, but they're legit. It was such, it was so cool to get to meet them as people and really talk to them and get to know them. You know, we're we're fans of the music, as Luis said, and like big, huge fans. Like we'll listen to their tracks, like uh, when we're driving to San Antonio or driving to different places, and uh, so we love the music. But but then when you get to meet these artists and and realize that they're so down to earth. And and they're so kind and humble, you know. You just you're, you're it's surprising in a way. Um, but adding to adding to Jason, I think that he not only is is he so kind, but he is one of the funniest guys <laughs> I've ever met. Uh, regarding us, well, like we've always been fan of of this music, but never really uh, tried anything basically because of gear. So little by little, like I I started buying like. 80s synths and and pedals and like drum machines until like I got all of this like little things that we could work with and and I think that's that's what gave us the the like very peculiar sound and tone to like the guitar and the synths and everything because like nothing is MIDI everything is like legit so once we got all that going uh, we figured out how to play to play live and and incorporate drum machines live and and yeah it it, it worked <laughs> and it's cool because every time People see our gear, they're like, what the, like, like they see a, a TR-707 or, or they see yeah. a, a synth and like, how do you even play live? It's, it's funny. Yeah. I remember Jason talking about that, about the TR in particular. Yeah. Um, he was pretty surprised about it. I saw recently you guys had a little bit of bad luck at LaGuardia Airport. Tell me a little bit more about that. Oh, yeah. Um, that was our first time uh, playing New York. The way that it happened is... We found out that um, our merch money, or all of the money that we had basically uh, collected, not only through merch, but through like shows and guarantees and here and there, um, was stolen from uh, one of our bags. And we found out when we arrived to New York, but after uh, finding a report and after figuring out how everything worked, we later found out that um, it originally happened when we checked our luggage and it passed through TSA through Harlingen, Texas, which is like, what, like 20 or 25 minutes away from Brownsville. 
that's where we flew out of. Um, so that's where it happened. And it sucks because it's like the same workers um, that are here to protect us are the ones that took advantage. And, and you know, they, they took away our really hard-earned money that, that we were going, going to use to fund a, what was it, a Midwest tour. And they just mocked us, you know, like they took everything except for a dollar. Like that was yeah, what, what hurt the most. Stupid, man. It was, it was yeah. such a bummer, man. Such a fucking bummer. Like legit, like uh, that was the first thing that I checked as soon as we, because we got to our, the place that we were staying at um, in, in New York. And I was like, you know what, let me check. And, and I wasn't really even going to be checking the money per se. I was going to be checking uh, the cassettes that we had taken with us just because they're so sensitive and you know, the people tend, or the people who are loading and unloading tend to not be so easy on the bags, right? So uh, I was just going to be like, you know what, let me check the tapes and make sure they're okay. So when I when I did go into there, and, you know, we did have the money box, like, pretty much below all of the merch. So we had shirts, we had the cassettes, we had a bunch of shit just stacked on top of it. And so I opened the bag, and the, the fucking money box was there, and it was open. And yeah, like Luis said, it was a, there was like a dollar in there, and just like, you know, just an, another like I guess fuck you to us, I guess for whatever reason. But uh, I I just remember distinctly like saying no, 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 and then like eventually like Luis and our and the guy that travels with us, uh, our good friend uh, Chris, like whoa, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, the fucking money, dude, it's not there. And like we were like in shock for what Luis like an hour, like we yeah idea like what the fuck we were gonna do at all like i i remember as soon as joel found out we were in the airbnb and he was like in shock for a while and i just got like a rush and like while joel's in shock like i started a gofundme immediately and um as soon as like we posted that probably by like after an hour we had already half of the funds that we were hoping to raise and then by maybe one or two days we had reached the goal which was crazy like we had no idea yeah. how how much support people were going to offer and and because of that that's that's what allowed us to keep on going with the midwest tour and mm-hmm. um we're so really grateful and then the, the next album is going to have everybody's name that contributed to to the GoFundMe because that was just amazing. Yeah, it really meant everything to us. It really did. Um, we we like we wouldn't have, we would have been playing Midwest like we would have just been so screwed at, at that point. And uh, it was it was wonderful. Like we were just like you know what, let's just do it, or at least like I'm just gonna do it. And even if we get fifty percent of what we lost, like it's something, right? It's better than nothing. We didn't really expect it to be like meeting our goal and then even exceeding what we had lost already um it was just honestly so amazing just seeing all that support coming out from from not only the our, our fans but but people uh in other bands and and just i i th- we even had like somebody from i forget where she's from she's she's like i i'll i'll make something and i'll sell it if you guys need that help you know so it was, it was just really cool it was really yeah cool. um sean sean templar um that booked us for that new york red party show immediately found out he took really good care of us um, yeah he took us out for drinks he, he, he fed us uh he he was just great and he was really embarrassed of how of what happened but at the time we we weren't sure 
if it was in New York or if it was in Harlingen or, you know, we weren't sure. Um, he was just really embarrassed that it happened when he, because, like, he booked us, but it wasn't New York at all. Um, sadly, it was, it was where we were from. The sad thing is that's not even an isolated incident. I, I mean, I, I can't even tell you how many other times I've read about either someone stealing money backstage or uh, someone's van getting broken into during a show and just losing all their stuff. It's just, it seems like you know there, there's no way just to, to keep everything safe. You can't you can't just keep everything on you twenty four seven. Right, and if they yeah. only knew that we're we're already broke as it is being musicians, and uh, they're stealing from from us, and it's kind of like shit, you know. Tell me what you guys have um, coming up this year. So you mentioned you're you're working on a new album. Do you know when that's going to be coming out yet? We don't have a specific date so far, but we hit the studio early June. Our plan is to track all of June, hopefully track and mix all of June. And then July is just going to be preparation to start getting the album ready, whether it's tape, vinyl, CD, everything. And not sure if it's going to be ready by late July, maybe early August. Yeah, that's that's our main priority right now. We're not going to um, book that many shows uh, for now, just to finish up and polish all the songs and have everything ready. That was all I had for you guys. Was there anything else that I missed that you wanted to bring up or talk about or promote? I know this goes out to all the Cold Wave listeners. Uh, the Cold Wave Fest uh, fans are going to be coming through. You know, just uh, hopefully you get to come out and catch uh, our set uh, on on that night. We're playing what Saturday, Luis. Uh, we're yeah. going to be opening up the the show. So yeah, hopefully you know get there a little bit early. Come talk to us. We love talking to to everybody and and getting to know everybody and. Uh, meeting new people it's it's always fun so uh, it's going to be a nice experience and it'll be something that we can share with uh with everybody out there absolutely
On this episode, you heard Shadows, Talisman, and Still and Still. Twin Tribes can be found at twintribes.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Mad Maker by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Leo and Sean from Street Sex. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. When hearing of Chicago artist Wesley Willis's passing back in 2003, Jamie wrote the following on the Crack Nation message boards. Remembering Wesley Willis, August 25th, 2003. There were many days that I spent with Wesley in tracks recording CDs. We would record about 25 to 30 songs in about 4 to 8 hours, depending on how he was doing that day. There are a couple of Wesley CDs that have distorted ministry-sounding vocals. Those are the ones I did. I started throwing in sound effects on the fly. I had a great whip sample that I would trigger after the whipped a horse's ass with a belt. Since he recorded so many songs, some of them didn't make it on disc. Sadly, Acumen and Jamie Duffy, I believe, never made it. I could go on and on about the times I spent with Wesley. But looking back, I feel kind of sad now that he's gone. We were friends, and I'll never forget him.